Hello and welcome to Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I'm your host, Andrew Moses. With me today, a very, very special guest, none other than Christy Pierce Rampone, the three-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time World Cup champion, and Captain America, nonetheless. <laughs> Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Christy, it's great to have you here. Um, I want to talk all about your career and, and your leadership. I mean, it's not every day we get to talk to Captain America on uh, Everybody uh, Everybody Pulls the Tarp. But I want to go back to your college days because it's it's always been interesting to me as I have followed your career. You went to Monmouth University mm-hmm. on a basketball scholarship, but but you played basketball, you played lacrosse, and you played soccer. And then obviously you went on to have a storied career on the soccer field. So talk about that for a minute. How did you navigate those three sports and then end up in soccer? Yeah, I think just growing up, I was a multi-sport athlete and kind of just didn't have a love for just one. So I just continued to play field hockey in high school, basketball and soccer. And then I got the the call from Monmouth University to play basketball, but I also was allowed to play soccer. So I chose to go to a smaller division one school. So I was able to compete in both. And it was just interesting because I just went through my college years, not realizing there was something else further along that maybe I could you know, be a part of like the US women's national team. And, you know, I went there and I was in my senior year at Monmouth playing basketball, soccer career, I thought was over and done with, you know, I finished my college season and I was on to basketball and then I got the call up for the national team and my life changed. That was the first time in my life at age 22 that I was committing to one sport. That's interesting. So, so essentially you get the call and and then it's an easy decision, Mm -hmm. right? At that point? Uh, it was, it was a tough decision, to be honest, because I was on a basketball scholarship. I was the captain of the basketball team. And here I got the call up in January, which was right in the middle of my basketball season. So coaches, teammates really didn't quite understand what the call up meant. You know, back then, you know, this is back in 97 where, you know, the women's team wasn't really on TV. I didn't realize what the call up was for. I just thought it was a lot of seniors getting together and trying to figure out maybe what your next step uh, or path in uh, soccer would be. So they actually asked me to try in the summer. They didn't realize like, no, if I don't actually accept this, I'll never get another call up. You know, like you just don't decline something of this stature. And we did some research and I did my research. I met with the president, met with like all my teachers, my AD, my coaches, both basketball and soccer and my teammates. And they allowed me to play. So it was a, a tough process of, you know, accepting um, that call up and then going out to California to, you know, compete with with the girls. So you get out to California, your first national team camp. What's yeah. that experience like? Oh, crazy. You know, it was just like the unknown. Like I didn't realize what I was getting into. You know, I just was just got on that plane. It was my first time I was on a plane alone flying cross country. And just like the fear of the unknown, like was – Um, was I good enough? Was like, what was the expectation going to be? So it was just so like, um, uncomfortable to be honest with you. And, um, you know, until I stepped there until I got there and I realized like, oh my gosh, this is the team that just won the Olympics. Like my first meeting before I stepped on the field was the highlights from the 96 Olympic games when they won. And I was just like looking around in the room, like, oh my God, like all these faces. And these are like big time athletes and players and like I'm in the same room with them so it was just um eye-opening to be honest with you were there mentors in particular or people who stood out that really put their arms around you when you arrived into camp 
Um, not at not at first, you know. I think because at that point it was so competitive, and you know they're just coming off a high. They're just getting back into the swing of things. So I was just trying to figure out where that I where I fit in, what like my role was. I was just like watching and observing, listening. Um, my role changed. I was a forward my entire life from when I started playing soccer all the way through college, and I was transitioning to become a defender, not realizing that when I got there. But three days in. Um, so at that point is when I felt like the role models um, that I looked up to were, you know, Joy Fawcett and uh, Christine Lilly and Brandy Chesting was a huge um, help for me and, and helped me organize and get comfortable in a new position. So I hear there's a, a, a pretty funny story about when you get to camp, you, you came with a lot of luggage. What, what, what's that all? What's that all about? I came with um, a huge suitcase. You know, again not being in that world of playing at an elite level. Like I just expected it was just going to be like moment, you know, and we did our own laundry. You know, we had uh, our own responsibilities of being ready, prepared for the next day. So I brought my laundry detergent. <laughs> I brought, you know, 10 outfits, like, you know, the just in case if it rained, if it, you know, what the weather was like. And I quickly realized that um, this was big time and like I was getting gear. So I like slowly put my huge suitcase under my bed and tried to shove it in there, but people found out quickly. That's <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's funny. And, and, and you and I have talked about this and th this show is called Everybody Pulls the Tarp. And it's, mm -hmm. it's really based on a philosophy that I have that great teams are powered by individuals who contribute far beyond the the, the boundaries of their job description. So, mm -hmm. so, so you, you come from a smaller division one program, you, you get to national team camp, you're ready to go mm -hmm. to, to, do, to do your own laundry, um, <laughs> forget pulling the tarp. What are, what are the small, like what are the little things maybe that people don't notice that, that, that you did to, to stand out? Um, or the people maybe, maybe wouldn't, wouldn't notice if they were watching, but an right. expert might know that you did that really distinguished yourself from the pack. I think just from the beginning, I was trying to be my authentic self and like just take a step back and know my role. Like here I am entering this team that's a championship winning team and like I'm the rookie, I'm the newcomer. So I was just watching and observing and taking it all in and just putting my best foot forward. And, you know, was I a soccer player yet? No, I was an athlete trying to become a great soccer player. So I was just using my strengths at that time. And then I would say just investing my time. To be honest, it was like investing my time to build relationships and create those relationships with my teammates to figure out like how the team was conducted. What were the standards? What are like the philosophies? And just trying to engage and learn and educate myself as much as I could. So, so speaking of the standards and philosophies, this the best team mm -hmm. in the world. <laughs> yeah. I've heard I've heard you say that the practices on, on this team are in many ways harder than the games on the international level. Absolutely. Is it just the competitiveness? What 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 is it about these this environment? Well, it's the best team in the world, and everybody wants to compete. And I think you grab so many competitive women trying to vie for a role and a spot in this team. And you know, you have to show up every day and have that consistency and put everybody put it out there and make others around you better. So I'll never forget my first experience of like, you know, getting into the corner and getting into like a mix up with Brandy and like kind of pushing and shoving and, you know, it's a contact sport, but just like, like respecting the fact that like she was making me better um, by battling and not like letting me out easy, you know, not, not giving me the easy road. And I learned really quickly that like you earn your spot on that team. It's not handed to you. And like, that's why I respect those women that came before me because they had standards and they, 
they push people and, you know, just from their fitness to their mentality, you know, all the way through. So they call you Captain America. I want, I want to get into all the leadership. And so when you're named captain, did that just, did being a captain just come naturally to you or was it something you really had to work on? No, being captain was something I work on because, you know, I always saw a leader, a captain, someone that used their voice and was like outgoing and, you know, had personality. And I would consider myself more on the quiet, shy, reserve side, like more consistent, like just, you know, doing what I'm told, you know, you know, actions speak louder than words. And so I never thought I could be in that type of position until I realized how much respect my teammates had for me. And when they wanted me to be the captain and the coach, uh, P.S. Sunhag, um, asked me to be captain, I was like, I was actually kind of shocked. Like, you see something in me that I didn't even know was within me. And I realized that at that point, there are all different styles of leadership. It was just going to look a little different. And, you know, having Abby by my side and you know, I think we balance each other out and that's, you know, part of sports is being able to have that good balance of, you know, someone that was loud and um, motivating while someone else was like quiet and listening and observing and, you know, helping people have confidence to be the best they can for the team. So the other thing that's really, I've always fascinated about your career is, is the consistency, the dependability, whatever, whatever word you want to use. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, second all time in caps, but, you know, behind Christine Lilly and, um, uh, captain for a long time, it, it, not off the field too much, you know, with injuries mm-hmm. and things like that. W- was there a trick just to, just to, to staying healthy and so dependable? I think just, you know, consistent routines and like having good habits and realizing like every challenge I think that came was more of an opportunity to learn and grow rather than a threat. So I think if you're always thinking positive, because like I said earlier, my role changed. Like I learned so much through my mistakes and, you know, like, and realizing, like, that's not going to happen again. I need to continue on. And it just kind of the same mindset um, in that role of a leader and as a, as a captain. It's like trying to stay positive and anything negative that comes within the team, you try to, like, squash it. You know, it happened and you have to move on and living in, in the present and, you know, like remembering what happened in the past, but still living in the present and continuing to move on. How do you, how do you, like, tune out the stuff that happens in the past. How do you stay in that? I know elite athletes have this elite athletes have this ability to, you know, when they say get between the lines or, or yeah. however it's put, how do you, how do you focus? It's like, you know, the old saying, saying composed under pressure, you know, and that comes from that training environment, like practice, practicing at game speed, you know, making sure that you're, you're always putting yourself in uncomfortable positions so that when you finally are there, you're relaxed and you rely a lot on your teammates, you know, that trust and respect because each and every one of us bring a different quality. It's just, you know, respecting each other and um, depending on them in those, in those big moments. But the more you're surrounded by your teammates and the more you get to know them, the more prepared you are. And I think being prepared helps with that anxiety and to allow you to be like who you are in the field. Like I express myself in the field. That's like, was my voice. Whereas off the field, I was probably, you know, didn't use my voice enough um, by, you know, second guessing, not having the confidence off. But when I was on the field, like I felt ready, prepared. I felt like, you know, that's where I shined. How do you keep that cohesive group, you know, that, that cohesive culture as a team when there is a lot of change, you know, a lot of change every couple of years, there's, there's younger players that come in, there's folks that retire. How do, how do you maintain that culture? I mean, over such a long period of time, like you did 19 years or, or, or right. close to that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The overall, we just have a certain standard 
at the highest level. And, you know, that started with, you know, the 99 team, you know, and, and moving forward in that, that mentality of like, no matter how many seconds are left in the clock, we can still win. And I think that's been instilled throughout, but that's by creating that culture and that environment. But I think as the years have gone on, I think it's more about embracing the youth coming in and trying to give them the confidence to be who they can and not really comparing yourself to somebody else because every player is so different. It's just trying to blend those relationships and making those relationships better. You know, because I always think it's if you're making the people in front of you, behind you, beside you better, like it's going to be a good culture. And and that that culture, you know, does it does it evolve at all over time, or do you feel like over the nineteen years it's it's pretty it's pretty, pretty consistent? Solid. You know, it's pretty solid. But you there's personalities, right? And now you know, as sports advance, you have social media, you have different platforms, you have what we call distractions. You know, like and those can easily get in the way of those championship teams. And you know, we've seen it where we haven't won. A championship but we've learned from maybe what happened in the locker room or what wasn't working on the field and as long as everybody's open to grow and they're not closed off or they don't have egos you know we have to try to get those egos out of the locker room you can have them when like you're home away from the, the field but like when you're all together like I think it's about just communicating and making sure that you know your teammates on and off the field it's really important that's why I I like to say I've, I've invested so much time in knowing my teammates that I know when they're in a bad way, when they're confident, when like, you know, maybe they're not getting along with the coach or they're not buying into the system. Like you have to have a good awareness, you know, as a leader and someone that has been consistently within the team with people coming and going and, you know, what's going to give people confidence and take away. It's just making sure you're watching and listening because that's the most important thing because a lot of times people are speaking and they're not hearing and it's making sure that everybody's voice on the team matters so that you can come to a conclusion because it's not really what's right. It's, it's not really about who's right. It's about what's right. You know, and you don't, if you have that ego, like I always have to be right, you're never going to embrace everybody around you and the team can't grow. So when, when you, when you assemble a team and you, and you figure out you're starting 11, is it the best 11 or is it, is it the best combination? I think it's the best, um, 11 that work together, you know, because if you just throw the best 11 out there, I'll be honest, like, you know, look at uh, the Brazil, Brazilian women's national team. Like they have amazing individual soccer players that are technically gifted, but they can't bring it together because they don't know how to work together. They don't know how to like, you know, press together, defend together, like the transition, the counters. And that comes with, like I said, just getting to know your teammates and, getting to know when you're in those tough moments, those tough five moments in a game, how do you come back? How do you bring the team back in to then get back to your true authentic self and not playing scared or not playing in fear and the playing of that like power feeling of like, we can do this even though we're down one nothing or it's not really going our way today. And that's all part of the culture of training together and being around each other. I want to get into your your upcoming book, which is, which is, uh, which is yeah. exciting. But, but, but before we get to that, I, I, there was another, you know, huge challenge put before you um, with the Sky Blue FC. You're the, the mm-hmm. you're a player and a captain in 2009, and then they ask you to step in and be a player coach. Right. What's it like being a player and a head coach? Um, it was challenging, but fun at the same time. You know, you realize how important, like, not only communication, but clear communication is and how vital it is to success and just, you know, being 
honest because you know when you are coaching at an elite level pro level like everybody is working so hard to earn that starting position everybody wants to be playing right so as long as you're honest and you explain everybody's role and that you know roles can change but i think if everybody feels bought in and they're buying into that system like it's so crucial that the communication is honest and um, clear so that everybody knows what page you're on and how, like what the, the you know the, the outcome goal that you're looking for and there's just those process goals you know to get you to that outcome goal what's the biggest difference between being a team captain and then being a head coach um probably just your relationship like when i was team captain it was everything was dealt amongst my players i never went to the coach unless it was like the last result like i had to go to her and i had to like i needed like help but you know throughout majority of my role as captain it was all done within the team and you know as a as a coach you can't really have those conversations or like um bring in too much drama so you kind of have to separate you know to allow them to have their fun off the field you know doing like make them you know let them have their balance in life so but the player coach was um, probably a little bit easier than being just a head coach because I still had a little bit of control in the fields because when you're playing, you feel the tempo, you feel, you know, when players are struggling or you can hear the voices that a coach can't hear from the sidelines. So I knew when like maybe things weren't working or someone was frustrated where I can make changes. So, you know, being a player coach is what I, you know, I like it made me realize if I do coach someday, my assistant, I would love to make sure that they can play in training and practice so they can hear what's going on in the voices when you can't, uh, when you're too far away. Very interesting. Very interesting. So your book, very exciting coming yeah. out August 18th, I believe yeah. Um, yeah. it's called be all in. So, so tell me a little bit about the book. Yeah. So the book is written, well, it's like a co-author. So it's written on a perspective of obviously an athlete coach, mom and Dr. Keen, who is a neurologist. So she's, more the science behind, you know, the brain development. And we just combined it because we felt like, you know, as a coach, there's been so many challenging times with, you know, athletes and parents and, you know, the craziness um, that, you know, in this time of I feel like kids are and, and parents are having more of turmoil through sport rather than having a better relationship through sport. And, you know, she was kind of seeing this stuff, um, same scenarios on, you know, the injury side of parents just pushing kids to get back and get back at it for like what reason. So, you know, we came together and just wanted to, to give back and educate parents on how to have a better relationship with their kid through sport. And, you know, there's so many life lessons you learn through sport. And if we can educate the parents, then they can help their kids through, you know, the failure, the you know lack of confidence, their responsibility, accountability, just all the, the life lessons that sports can teach you. And when young girls and young boys look at Christy Pierce Rampone, what do you want your legacy to be? I would hope that kids would look at my longevity of my career, my legacy to, to that. Like I was, I was all in, I was there to make everybody around me better. Like I'm someone that always wants to give back and, um, you know, just enjoy the sport that I was playing. Like the reason that I played till I was in my forties was the passion for it. And it, it never died because I think I was constantly learning and growing and, um, you know, adjusting to the times and the changes of, of sport. But uh, 
that's the that's the love of it. Like it never gets boring, and you can continue to continue to play and enjoy it, be happy. But like you have to make sure that you're you're all in. You know, be present in the moment and enjoy what sports can give to you. Christy, this has been so much fun. It's it's always great to talk to another uh, New Jersey native like uh, yeah. like you and I are. Thanks for joining everybody. Pulls the tarp. Your your career has has been an absolute inspiration to to sports fans and and non sports fans. And thank you for sharing a little bit of your uh, perspective with us today. Thanks for having me on the show, Andrew. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye.